What is good, fellow nerds? Welcome back to MTG Untapped, episode 94. I am your host, I am the Micah, and joining me as always, he is my friend, he is also yours. He is Costa, how are you? I'm pretty excited, man. It's been it's been a long time. Three weeks? Four weeks? Uh, a month. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Holidays. It's been... Shenanigans. It's been it's been too long. I've I've definitely been ready to to talk some magic for a bit now. Well, let's go on and talk some magic, but not quite yet. Let's talk about something that's not magic related, and that is our phasing segment. Um, so not a lot of stuff has come out. Avatar, however, you have yet to see Avatar. Yeah, I'll see it this Saturday at the Bob Bullock Museum. IMAX. In IMAX. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a heck of a way to see this movie. Um, so we're just going to give you my thoughts on it. I enjoyed it. I have yet. I haven't watched the first one since I watched it in theaters back in 2009. So I can't really say, oh, do I like this one better or worse? I think I might like the first one better just because I think it tells a more cohesive story than this one. Because I feel like because their plans are like they want to make like five Avatar movies and then also do some spinoff stuff on Disney Plus. And I feel like you can really get the sense that, that all right, the first one is just like a movie that James Cameron wanted to make. And now you're like, OK, I see where they're trying to go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, but it's still good. Obviously, it's like the most like visually stunning thing you could imagine seeing just like because like you're like oh they had a budget um as you'd expect and the, like they said i think it was like they they were publicly saying that the movie needed to make two billion box office worldwide in order to break even that however i know they did a lot of filming a lot <laughs> well it's like because like box office excludes theater cut mm-hmm. and some other stuff but it's like, obviously, they didn't spend that much money. But the fact that this has been in production for so long, I saw a thing basically saying like every at a certain point, every month, a movie doesn't come out past like a certain time in its production on the schedule. It's like the cost of making it actually goes up 10 percent or something like that. Like the co- the more time goes on without the movie being released and start making money, the cost associated with it goes up in a non-linear way and i don't i really wish i like got more into it and looked up the exact specifics of why that is but they said like oh that's just like a normal part of like movie making and yeah i wonder if this one's been like that for a while (laughs) yeah i wonder if it has like a little bit to do with inflation and then also commitments so like even though i don't know like how contracts and stuff work with that but Maybe if like an actor or actress is is like has another commitment now you're trying to squeeze them in between another thing I don't know but it does make sense right um, yeah well it's like certain people only get paid once the movie starts making money mm-hmm. and then also it's like not everything is just like oh here's this check for 150 million dollars a lot of stuff is like based on like loans and stuff which accrue interest. And so yeah, um, well, there could be, but I don't think that would account for like the rate at which I saw that, but regardless, so they needed this movie to be pretty dang good. And it, and it is, it is very enter- entertaining for as long as it is, which is longer than any of the three Lord of the Rings movies. 
the non-extended editions. Um, it didn't feel like I was just like, cause I went and saw it with the friend of the podcast, the homie Trey, um, T film fanatic. Um, that's just a joke for him whenever he listens. Um, but so, and like we both, I was like, I didn't feel like I was sitting in a theater for three and a half hours. And I was really nervous going in. Uh, cause I drink a lot of water and going and seeing a movie. It's three and a half hours long. Well, not three and a half, it's like three thirteen, three ten, three fifteen, something like that. That has a lot of water in it. And what the sound of water makes you want to do. So I was really nervous and I was very proud of myself. I didn't, I didn't get up once. Um, but there's a lot of characters in the movie. And even as long as it is, I don't feel like it does a great job of getting you like emotionally invested to all of them, mm-hmm. specifically ones that there's some like payoff in the climax. And I'm like, I feel like this could have been done if they made different creative choices, not like, like rewrite it, mm-hmm. but just made a different decision as to like what they chose to do. Um, like just change that, not, not, not like rewrite the whole film. Just like at this one thing, switch this thing around. Right. I think it would have had a lot more uh, impact on me. Um, but uh, that was just like me and my life experience. It's like I I talked to my uh, my friend and boss, and he was like, "Nah, man, that that got me." I'm like, I can understand why. Um, and so there's like certain things like that. And there's sometimes where you're like, okay, they're just trying to ingratiate you and it's like, can like maybe feel a little bit slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Stephen Lang's be- villain in the first one better. I, even though I haven't seen it since, since I was a teenager. I mean, I it's like pretty I memorable, even if you hadn't seen it in a while. I mean, John and I watched it like two months ago or three months ago when we knew, when we remembered that Avatar was coming out. And so... Uh, I just everything about him and his mannerism and and all of that was very memorable. So when I watched, it, I was like, oh yeah, it's like I seen this yesterday. So it's he's he did a great job in, uh, as a villain for sure. Yeah, for him, the villain in the first one, I think it was like better. The whole an- antagonist of this, I was kind of like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can we go into without spoiling it for you? Uh, there is water in the movie. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, quite a bit of it, a few gallons. Um, I was going to say, luckily, compared to you, my wife is able to record when I have to go use the restroom, the little snippet that I missed, so that way I can watch it when I get back home to fill it in. So, <laughs> I mean, Trey, I guess, could do yeah. it for you too, but. We are, the MTG Untapped Podcast does not condone uh, illegal nonsense uh okay uh yeah i mean that's, I, that's actually sure is. <laughs> I just i just needed to fill in that gap <laughs> yeah because as i every time i said i was like what i miss and he's like people were on the screen and they did stuff mm-hmm. i'm like oh thanks yeah um but yeah he's better i was just being trying to be funny but yeah that's it's a good movie it's a fun time uh, i'm really looking forward to hearing what you think about it yeah uh maybe we'll be so, able to report next week on it hopefully hopefully um we should be able to. Um, what else can we say about? Oh, apparently people are saying it's racist. I mean, that's about like every movie, though. I think has true something. Even I, I have to watch myself so much at work now because even the people who are making the jokes about themselves, like, can I laugh at this or not? But anyways, <laughs> Smurfs are supposed to be short. Um, but uh, yeah, 
if I was going to give it a rating, I'd give it like a, I'm trying to be a little bit more stingy with my A's. Mm-hmm. I feel like the A's should be like reserved for the most excellent of excellent stuff. Right. And for me, I, and I think I was like, it was a fun time. If I, someone's like, Hey, uh, this movie's on. I'm like, cool. I'll watch it. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Again. I give it like a B plus. I was going to say, I think my expectation for this, uh, going not being you know my normal stuff of going so low and then being surprised i think my expectation is a b plus on this and i think that's a very reasonable one so but prior to you saying that i think that was what i was gonna say you were gonna say and now that you said that then i think i think it should be fine all right uh one little tidbit uh my father just sent our group text a chat and i just wanted to get this out there Mm -hmm. apparently the texas a&m fight naggies um men's basketball team playing Florida tonight as the on January 4th day of recording uh, received a team, t- an entire team technical foul before the game started because they all left their jerseys back at the team hotel. Okay. And there's one thing, you know, about me, I love me a good Aggie ribbon. So that's for, that was, as I saw that, I was like, all right, that's funny. Um, imagine. I, uh, I, I mean, there's so many things that are going on in my head, like, you know, how good was the party last night and, and all that. But, it, you know, I might get a little X-rated if we dig too deep in there. That Maggie's like them some sheep. <laughs> i tell you what, I lived in College Station for uh, a year helping, a, I guess, a buddy at the time open a restaurant. And let me tell you, there's not much to do out there except uh, drink and party and maybe some other things. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, hey, you know what though? I've, I, the Aggies, I like the Aggies now. I didn't because I used to live. Obviously, I'm born and raised in Austin, so live in Austin, all this stuff. Um, but since living with them, I've definitely, I really like the Aggies now. But uh, it's it's kind of like Bastrop. It's a little podunk, um, and I can I can dig it. So, well, alrighty, I think that will do it for this week's phase in. Let's move on to the untapped stuff. Whoa, we're talking about. Wait, wait, wait. We, we were going to talk about uh, you know, TCU and uh, any of that stuff. It was probably the greatest single Saturday in college football <laughs> playoff history. It was really good. I was like two just absolutely phenomenal games. Yeah, it was uh, TCU Michigan. TCU just really took it to them out the gate. Um, like I remember because I saw like tweets. Because um, I was kind of late getting to that game because mm-hmm. I worked that morning. Then I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to go to the gym after. And it was packed. And then so I was a little bit uh, late getting to see that game. And then I was like, oh, Michigan started the game off like a 60 plus yard run. And I was like, all these people on Twitter, it's like, yeah, TCU should be here over Bama, yada, yada, yada. And then just like TCU, like Michigan, admittedly, some of the dumbest red zone play calls I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, but then TCU just started taking it to them. They took advantage of their opportunities, pick sixes, and eventually Michigan just couldn't overcome it. I think that, and then also, um, you know, because I think TCU, because uh, so I was at, on Saturday, I was supposed to just be kind of a guest <laughs> for uh, Joanna's family, ended up being a semi host because uh, her uncle was sick. And so I had to go out there and finish a brisket. And then I had to fry uh, yuca and tostones uh, on my own. I had done it like the first year, but I didn't do it myself. I was obviously, you know, supervised or whatnot. So I'm out there just kind of guessing and apparently I did a really good job. So uh, it's a little bit of cooking culinary 
background there. But anyways, of our other articles is a TCU alum. And he was reminding me, I think I forgot when it was, it was in 2015 or whatever, when they were undefeated and didn't have it even get a, a look at for the Rose bowl or whatever. Um, so they definitely had a chip on their shoulder. And I, so I think that played a lot into it. I just also think that uh, I'm not a fan of hardball. And I definitely think, I, I don't know, this just could be a, out of nowhere left field thing, but I also think he's someone that's kind of in love with his own reputation. And so I think he got cute on some plays, uh, play calling. And then also, yeah, going back to some of the decision-making at the end, it's like almost two minutes left and they just let the time run out, you know, like 40 seconds just burn off um, after they get the first down when they still could have made a play like a stop. And then they eventually still had the opportunity, I think, to do that. It was very interesting to say the least as an ex NFL coach, you know, college coach on the big well, stage. Well, X for now, he's trying to get back in the NFL. Yeah, Panthers, I think, are looking at him. Uh, Panthers, Broncos. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he doesn't want to go to the Broncos because he doesn't want to deal with Herbert and Mahomes. Uh, I don't blame him. <laughs> I'm seeing people saying the Texans should throw their hat in the ring. Like, hey, you don't like those two really good quarterbacks. How about come to the AFC South where – we all suck. I mean, um, the Panthers. The, the Panthers want to be a bad spot because I don't think Brady's staying in Tampa. NFC South sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't even really matter. I, I don't know how much it matters with Brady. I love, I love me some Brady, but I'm curious to see if it really is the team and all the issues they've had with. Uh, there's been a lot of talks between you know him and 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 the staff and whatnot, which is usually the case with these big stars. But um, I think that'd probably be a good spot. It's just that Carolina seems to have a track record of not doing well. And I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, upper management issue or if it's just uh, the coaching. I mean, cause I feel like Ron Rivera has been fine. Um, he's done okay with the Redskins. And actually, if you think about it, he's probably done pretty well considering that the well, commanders, the, excuse me, the commanders, uh, people are going to go avatar two on you, bro. Especially with the little, their new mascot is the pigs, which I thought it was kind of cheek and tongue. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so I, uh, I think based on that, yeah, I mean, Carolina would probably be a good spot. Also, just want to shout out, uh, you know, prayers to uh, Mr. Hamlin. I don't know if you caught mm-hmm. all that, but that was very interesting to say the least. My pharmacist kept making a joke, which was kind of funny, um, which I don't know if I should say it or not, because Spotify, I don't know how this all works, but <laughs> he was like, yeah, he probably po- collapsed because of his new booster shot. And I was like, is that really a thing? And so he kept like joking, but knowing my pharmacist, he was like, not joking, which he's a pharmacist, which is interesting. But anyways, whatever the issue is, um, do you hope he gets well? And uh, have you heard anything as far as like the unsuspension of the game? I don't, or? I don't they have, Apparently they have no plans as when did they might replay it, hmm. which you know, is like, obviously like the NFL is like, oh yeah, Burrow versus Josh Allen, their first head to head matchup ever. Mm-hmm. And then this tragedy happens. Right. So I don't know about that. There's my talk that's like they'll play it like maybe the because that, that's like determining who's the one seed in the AFC. Yeah, it's a it's not, it's not a no game. Um, it's a real game, which is interesting. Um, man, but, and Skip yeah. got so much flack for his tweets. Man. Deservedly so, <laughs> though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I just I, I'm still kind of surprised. I don't know. I mean, it should be surprised in this day and age. I'm just surprised because people say some messed up stuff and tweet some messed up stuff. And so I felt like, I mean, if anyone was going to get it, it was going to be skipped. So, uh, I think if he said that like the next day, 
I mean, obviously he would still get flagged for it, mm-hmm. but that man said it like 10 minutes after this. Yeah, that's still on the floor and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It is is in poor taste for Could sure. you imagine? Did you, did you see what happened? All right, we are getting off such a tangent right now. Uh, but did you see what happened with um, Kayvon Thibodeau and Nick Foles? Austin mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. He sacked him, and Nick Foles is on the ground, like convulsing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, kind of like Tua was. Right. And Kayvon Thibodeau is laying on the ground next to him doing snow angels. <laughs> like there's no snow it's in, on the grass. And then as he gets up, he goes like the, uh, the hands like sleepy oh, thing. My God. And everyone's like, what, what, a, you know what? And it's like, there's like, and he's like, oh, he didn't know. It's like, this guy is like seizing right next to him. <laughs> well, I will say this much, and, and I'm not really, I'm not trying to come to his defense, but I will say it, they're, I mean, playing sports and admittedly just playing basketball now there's a lot of things that happen bang bang you just don't realize what's happening i mean like yesterday i freaking ran into john uh and i mean like so i think i just missed the shot whatever and i like jumped up just for the ball i didn't even like i knew he like jumped with me but i didn't realize what had happened but (laughs) i was like trying to take off and john was like laying on the floor because like he hit me so hard and i didn't move because it's like 300 pounds of like you're twice as big as that you have the shack reality on that yes yes and that's um, basically what it is and i was like you know i've been i've been trying to work out a little bit more so i feel a lot more solid i just turned i was like oh dude i'm so sorry <laughs> it was bad so i can understand not knowing but still it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's super like the timing he's celebrating you were going for the fast break um so ohio state and uh georgia <laughs> That one I didn't get to see much of, so you you have to fill me in. All, all I know is that it was a very close game because it was at the very end. Where it was back and forth. Ohio State got some distance in the third quarter, and then Georgia came back, mm-hmm. took a, a lead, and then Ohio State, they got the ball back. Because obviously in college, when the clock stops, when they reset the chains on first downs, mm-hmm. it's like, you keep getting first downs. You have like, it's like immeasurable. It's like, cause if you spike it, it's ba- you basically got like a timeout. This just cost you a down. Yeah. Um, so it was like a little bit less. I want to say like 56 seconds left or something like yeah, that. Was... And, and they get down to like the 30, the opposing team's 30, mm-hmm. Georgia's 30. And then they like, they had, I think they had a timeout left and they just run a draw play. Mm-hmm. that gets nothing. Because it's Georgia. And then um, they're like, well, what are you doing? Two incomplete passes later. They have a 50 yard field goal. And this dude shanked it. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, because they, they're, they're on the left hash. Right. Which apparently is the most right footed kicker's least favorite. Because they, they cook kick away from their bodies correct instead of kicking to, in. towards the goalpost as opposed to like straight down the middle yeah. or swing through their bodies right. to kick it towards the left and so and he basically just kicked it straight and just didn't um and it seemed like oh, i looked like he was maybe rushing but that was a really good i think tcu michigan was a better game mm-hmm. but i'm just thankful the two big 10 schools didn't get in tcu georgia monday night for the national championship. Who do you got? Smart money's on Georgia. Mm-hmm. They're just like top to bottom. They have the best roster in college football. Right. They're going to have a bunch of dudes in the NFL in the coming years off this roster. 
TCU will have its share. We'll have a few. Quentin Johnson's a monster. Um, Max Duggan is a really um, a six-year Josh Allen. Yeah, he's like, he's like <laughs> Sam Ellinger, but TCU. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just don't. Th- Georgia's just like so ridiculous. I, I think I'd be betting on Georgia. I don't even know what the spread is on that game. I don't know about like covering, but if I'm just picking straight up, I think it'd be Georgia. Yeah, I mean, some money's on Georgia, but you know, I'm gonna go with the Cinderella story here. I mean, I think it's more of a want than an actual belief, but I don't know. Something tell. I mean, honestly, watching Michigan, like the alum was like they have no chance, and we watched the game. I was like, mm, and, and I don't think Michigan's as good. So, all right, to tie it back into the actual topic of this podcast, mm-hmm. if Georgia wins mm-hmm. next time, you and I play at F and M, which will be Friday. I get to go first. And then, well, we don't know if we'll be matched up against each other or not. <laughs> but TCU wins. Well, it's like, we can't do yeah, yeah. this Friday because the, the game's the following Monday. But it's like, if TCU wins, then you get to play. That's fine. I go with that. All right. Is it, I don't know. That's illegal by most Watsy things. But no, it's not a contest of skill because we're just betting on something that's not a coin flip. Right. So it's basically a coin flip with, tw- a with like 160 muscly dudes. Yeah. Coin flip. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Well, all right. So magic the gathering. All right. So now we can. Sorry about that. We can untap now. That's okay. It's like most of the people on my my uh, who listen for me. Mm-hmm. They may. That's the the untap the or the, yeah. the, the, the phase. It is like there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my sister didn't know this podcast existed until Christmas. She's like, "How am I supposed to listen about magic the gathering?" I was like, "Well, you can listen like the first ten to fifteen minutes. We talk about non magic stuff. <laughs> Twenty minutes for this one." Um. But so, untaps up match that we played over the past month. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my twenty drafts in of Brothers War. That's like it. It's a fun. It's a fun format. Um, and then we've been experimenting with Explorer. There's a hilarious combo deck that allows you to cast a Sarak over and over and just keep venturing through the dungeons. It might. I think it made me was like, oh, should I try any, like paper? But I'm like, I never gonna play like. That's Explorer too. It's not even like it's Pioneer or anything. Uh, but I was like, man, this combo would be so much better if you just like, all right, I showed you a loop in paper, as opposed to like arena with the through. road going through. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and then your auto tapper wants to tap your lands instead of whatever that elf is. Hmm. I really need to learn the name of that card. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing like that kind of stuff. But the thing I wanted to talk about. On Chris, or the Oliver family Christmas, which was the 27th, um, I got to play a game of EDH with my brother and my nephew, my 11 year old nephew. Um, I gave him, uh, I worked with Costa, helped me put together a dinosaur deck with Godzilla King of Monsters as the commander because he's also really into Godzilla, he's also really into dinosaurs. He likes to just like pull out the cards and look at them. And um, he like memorized like the his favorite ones. Which one was his favorite? Um, obviously, he likes Godzilla. He likes um, Reggie Alpha. I think it's like that Galta in there is just like a basic dinosaur. Not where's my cool Galta? It's in the stack somewhere. Um, well, both Gal- the Galtas have been printed are both dinosaurs, but one's like a full art version. But yeah, I, I it was like a, a game day or something promo. Yeah, the full art one. one I kept. Yeah. It's like a full art one. I don't know where it is. Um, but now I want to find it. Um, 
so yeah, we we played a game. Uh, my nephew is a little bit distracted by his cousins playing Minecraft, like right there. Just kept getting it. I was like, oh, is that a creeper? Oh, is that a pixel? Um, but then, and then Josh is like, he's like, oh, he's thinking it through and trying to like play this deck that I made him, which is based on the one of his favorite fictional characters, Dritstorn from AFR. Um, we like improved his deck a little bit before we got this game going. I was playing my new Kyodai five color ETB blinkish thing where I just, all I want to do is cast Maria's outrider then blink it eight times to win the game. Uh, I did not cast it and blink it eight times to win the game. However, after I convinced my nephew to basically uh, help me kill uh, Josh, then I was like, all right, Eldonry's call. Find Mira's Outrider. You're both dead. <laughs> He's like, hey. I was like, hey, I just said if I saved you, you can't attack me. I didn't say I wasn't going to win the game. <laughs> I was like, this is this is EDH because oh, Josh has only ever played one 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 v one with me, right? And Alex, I was like, his first time ever actually. No, we put. I got him like a sixty card deck, and I went and made like a pile of some like draft draft that I had, hmm. and I played it. And he had like one of those like game nights monocolor white decks yep. and we played like that so we like he, he played a few games with me but that was like two even like when he was like nine um but i was really proud of alex he like he he knew he knew that he knew his rules i mean he'd forget to like untap stuff for like he drew and stuff uh and he like there's some like, keywords that like he hadn't seen before like he like haste like summoning sickness dealing with that kind of thing yeah. but in terms of like hey so because this is instant that means i can do it whenever like I anytime, right? On your turn? I'm like, yeah. He's like, cool. I'm gonna draw nine cards because of the like, return of the wild spear or something like that. Nice. We're like, okay, cool. That's like and he and he waited till it was his like I didn't tell. It's like he waited till it was his uncle's his uncle Josh's end step. Or after after his uncle Josh attacked. And then he's like, Okay, now I'm gonna do this. I was like See, my man's already thinking. It's like, oh, I'm gonna do this at the last second. I mean, draw my card. Magic is very educational, in particular, mm -hmm. commander. You learn math, reading, multitasking, politics, politics. and concessions. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And mm -hmm. American system. Yep. So it's very, uh, it's very <laughs> capitalism. Good. Yep. Uh, there's there's treasures in there. You gotta capitalize on your opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that for right, stretching a little bit? There's a little socialism in there. If you have like a uh, what is it a, <laughs> a group hug deck, you know everyone everyone makes profit. We all start at the same life total. But then you notice the person doesn't start 120. <laughs> the person who uh, was going to profit anyway profits the most, right? So, mm -hmm. oh man. But um, yeah, that was fun. I don't know. I like, and I hope he continues to want uh, to continue playing Magic whenever we can. Like his little brother. Mainly because he, he likes looking at his, the, the dinosaurs on his cards. And so his brother, his little brother, young Thor, wants his own magic deck. So we'll have to figure out what I'm going to do for him. No idea. Because I don't want to make like, just like another dinosaur deck. But it has to be something cool. Um, yeah, it's hard to say like what's uh, in the pipeline that'll be anything relevant for kids. Like the, I mean, He likes like, cars, maybe a vehicle deck. I mean, you can do it with the Transformers. That would be dope. That'd be expensive, though. No, um, no, not really. They're, they've do they've tanks. The regular copies are like cheap, cheap. So you'd be good. Uh, I'll look into that. Uh, but I've got like ten months till his birthday, so there you go. We'll see. 
We'll bruise um, What about you? What Magic King have you done? Uh, so yeah, kind of the same. Done a lot of bro back into it right now since it's on uh, quick draft mode and been in fairly decent. Uh, obviously sent you some picks. That my best deck was whatever last week. It was that blue white. I don't even really know what to call it. It was like just a blue white value deck, but it ran. I mean, like my top end finishers were, were like Prince uh, Urza, Prince of Krug, and Take Flight were like the big things. Um, also, just like the the little interaction of Lauren of the Third Path and being able to like recommission it was really really huge. A lot of times, actually, like I didn't realize how many times that was going to be a thing. Um, but I mean, I beat um, Portal to Phyrexia, which was amazing. Uh, so, because I sacrificed everything. But the nice thing was, I mean, I had only had one like scrap work cohort, but I had a lot of the, I had like three combat carriers. And so the, the, when it came down, um, you know, I sacrificed a lot of junk, including Lauren, and then got to recommission it, kill the Phyrexia, uh, and then just go from there. And, I felt like this deck was really strong. Like, I don't know if it was truly my best deck, but I mean, it was an undefeated, it was a seven, no deck. I had, uh, some poor like hands in the beginning and it just ended up being very value. Um, I really love to Zonulet. Uh, I think <laughs> that might be my, well, I don't know. Scrap, scrap work. Mutt is my favorite, but to Zonulet is pretty high up there. I just, for some reason, a four, four that gains me two life has just been really good. Um, I've been really impressed. I think also the fact that it's unearth cost is only four mana allows me a lot of times to unearth it and equip the, uh, winged whatever it is uh what is it the aeronauts wings and just get in for a lethal that happened a couple times and i was really happy with that um what else and then i had a draft at juniors uh whew, that's been a minute too uh i think i sent y'all that one i went undefeated i'm trying to look in the discord to see what i know that deck was really solid it was mono red wasn't it i want to send it to y'all something like that it was. So to... You've had a few like, quick drafts that was mono red. I'm scrolling up in our personal conversation. I found it. I found it right here. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a mono. Actually, I take that back. It was a red green deck, but it basically splashed the mythic uh, root wire and jaga, whatever. It's the goal one that you can you can prototype it for one in a green. It's a two three, and then you pay five in green green to like triple, like sacrifice it and triple its power. Um, it had, I mean, my other favorite card from the set is Whirling Strikes, two of those. Oh, yeah, I, that's right. It was like a double mythic. Helm of the Host. <laughs> yes, it was a triple mythic. <laughs> it was a triple mythic deck, but uh, to be fair, I think I didn't see. I saw Helm of the Host once out of my six games. I definitely saw Skitter Beam Battalion. That card is really good. Um, it was just a good deck. I mean, there's not much to say. Like, it just big beaters and went in. So that that was really nice. Yeah, that card. Yeah, exactly. The card just flashed into me. Yeah, the card's great. Um, oh yeah, and then I think my other favorite deck, which that this one should have been a set like a lossless deck, but it ended up not being, was that mono red that I sent y'all uh, in draft where I got three Cinder Maw Giants, two Sardian Cliff, uh, Sardian Cliff Stompers, another favorite card of mine two uh excavation explosion uh this this deck was dumb like dumb dumb i mean <laughs> there were so many times where like on i would have such a just beautiful curve of like stomper uh actually it would be the the 
one two, which was runner, yeah, which was irrelevant, but it'd be like him, Cl- Stomper, Cinder Maw, play fourth land, have up the whirling strike, and then my opponent just is like, I can't do anything. So, mm-hmm. um, as for commander, uh, I hadn't really got to play much because it's been the holidays. Been my my cube is ready to go. My have you have you drafted it at all? By the way, my uh, my uh, chromatic cube. Nope. You need to get on that, man. I need I need mm-hmm. some feedback. I need some feedback because I am I am super ready to draft that. I, am, I think I did like an early version of it on the yeah, website. It was the ver- it was the first day that I got it up. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need to go back to the well and check it out for me because I'm pretty happy with it. Like it's. I think it's going to be a really great format. It might not be in the beginning. And again, I haven't been able to actually play with the cards and draft against real people, but I've done a lot of work on it. Um, there's definitely some pet cards in there. So there'll be some cards that are like, maybe don't make the most sense, but they play well with every, like just all the different things you can do. Um, and there's a few cards I still need to switch. The hardest part is going to be getting my lands, the Dominaria stained glass lands. They're just expensive. Um, but I'll bite the bullet at some point or I keep chipping away at, at inventory until I get what I need. But um, yeah, that's basically been it. Um, oh, and then I f- have almost finished. I think I'm basically now actually done with Tron. I think I have all the art that I want for my Tron deck because uh, I just ordered two Ulamogs from the secret layer. Um, and so I'm, I think I'm officially done. So yeah, that's basically been it. Costa is about to take over modern. You heard it here. Uh, no, I got <laughs> freaking Wilson. He like game planned me. Like he, he main boarded. I mean, people have been playing uh, blood moon, the main, but like he specifically knew that I was playing. He loaned me the two Ulamogs and said, by the way, I have blood moon, the main. And I was like, Oh, great. And so, and then of course I got matched up against him around one for game day. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Great stuff. So I'll be playing goblins. What was he playing? Uh, he was playing uh, red blue, um, like Phoenix. No, it's not Phoenix. Monitor, Monitor doesn't really run Phoenix anymore. It's like Merktide region value, basically. Yeah. Um, Merktide region, some stupid too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was pretty rough. But uh, I'll get him again. I'll play goblins, and then people will be like, "What the hell is this?" and die. So hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. All righty. That was our untapped step. We talked about magic that we played since the last time we talked to y'all. Let's move on to the underplayed EDH card of the week. And up this time is me because Coast has done the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, last time he picked what should be in pretty much every blue deck, Midnight Clock. Mm-hmm. Before that, Halan and Elena Partners. Mm-hmm. This time I'm picking a card coming in at 3%. On EDH rec. And that card is. Wait before I say it. It's like what do people like to say. Is like pretty much the most important thing to do. In uh, EDH. Uh, make your land drop every turn. Well, I was going to say ramping. But was, yeah but yeah you want to be hitting your land drops. You know what helps you hit your land drops. Having access to lands. Because sometimes you always have them in your hand. So sometimes. But you know sometimes you're playing. Which I guess this should be like in parentheses. Also, like these style of cards, mm-hmm. uh, Crucible of Worlds allows you to play lands from your graveyard. And so, like, if you have cards, say like fetch lands, or heck, if you're if you're balling on a budget, Evolving Wilds, Terramorphic Expanse, Fable Passage isn't really hardly anything now, is it? 
Nope. Prismatic Vista is still a pretty penny now too, right? No, nah, it's dropped. It's dropped? Yeah. Oh, snap. I'm looking it up right now. I guess it's like yeah, at the might... $10 mark. I might buy a card right here on the podcast. Let's see. Let's see. All right. So at the still says like 23. Oh, the expedition version of it is that's pretty cool. I guess it's still, yeah. Okay. That's more than I, I really thought it fell off because I haven't, I don't see this card in modern much, but it must be used in EDH. Um, yeah. It's like any, I feel like singleton decks. There you can't run like multiple of whatever of the other fetches you need. Mm-hmm. Like get like rabdos and stuff. Um, yeah, EDH but, is eight percent in all decks, which is every deck. <laughs> yeah, it's that's pretty good. That's one hundred forty thousand mm-hmm. EDH decks. So yeah, because it can go in anything. Yep, yep. But yeah, so fetch lands uh, combo very well with crucible. You just hit basically get hit your lamb drop every turn until someone blows it up. But usually there's gonna be other like much more threatening. I feel like people would be more likely to like want to blow up someone else's soul ring that kind of thing uh as opposed to like your crucible it might be a victim of a whole vandal blast or something like that but i feel like it's just the kind of card that you should be playing more of these fetchy style lands because then you can be playing like this and it'll just like help you you always want to be hitting your land drop because if you cast rampant growth on turn two and then you don't um play any lands for the next couple turns that rampant growth didn't really do much um but crucible is being able to guarantee your land drops is one of the more subtly um important thing like it's like oh i need board i have to be working towards my win condition it's like you can't do anything if you don't have mana <laughs> so I also, your land think, I also think it's if you think about it uh just having crucible in every deck probably allows you to also play something like um uh well, there's a new version of it, but the Armageddon. No, well, kind of Armageddon because people don't really run that many basics. But uh, oh, the oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, 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 uh. Oh shoot! That <laughs> did nothing. Uh, yes, as it tries to demolition field. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh shoot! So demolition field slash uh, Gavany Township. No, no, Gavany Township. Uh, Ghost Quarter. Uh, that's probably just a very good combo. It's not a very fun combo, but honestly, because it only hits one player, um, you know, you have to make your choices there. And so, yeah, I think it's a good card in like allowing that archetype in every deck. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the most optimal thing, but the style of EDH that we've been leaning more towards, which is like this command zone uh, interactive style games is, is what we're trying to move towards. And I think that's a very good place to be. So yeah, I like this pick. I didn't realize it was uh, that underplayed. So it is a over twenty dollars card that might have a little bit to do with it, but there are other much more expensive cards which have much higher percentages. So maybe not. Yeah, I think I think it may be un- overlooked as what it can actually do. I think sometimes that's the thing. Um, again, something like Thieving Skydiver, which uh, I think is a card that is very undervalued and very underplayed which you know we might use it for a later time but um that card should be everywhere because stealing crypts and soul rings but that also depends on the playgroup that you're playing against too but um you know sometimes people just don't realize like the value of that but no this is a good pick well all right your underplayed edh card of the podcast is crucible of worlds nice. 
now. Happy New Year, everybody. That is my subtle segue to our main topic in that it is now the year 2023 and we want to take a look back at the year 2022 and what Watsy gave us in our favorite game of Magic the Gathering. So this was Costa's idea. He was like, talking about favorite like new printings because we got some not just new cards, but new um, reprints, new art. Like very like specialized stylized art too for old classics. And so basically he's like, what are our top favorites of both new cards and cards that saw reprint and got new art? But then also we're gonna extend it to like products as well eventually. I feel like we you want to do like talk our favorite like cards first and then go into our favorite products. Yeah, since we have a little list, we can just go through the cards and then we'll just start kicking off with the products afterwards or just like sets or whatever. So all right, my first one is actually one that came out pretty much towards the end of the year. It was one of the last things they gave us. Mm-hmm. And it was the anime cards that were in jumpstart packs. <laughs> Some of them were hit or miss, but I opened a card. I got my, my secret Santa gave me a jumpstart pack. He bought that pack at Junior's Comics and Cards located in South Austin, Oslar and Manchester near the HEB. Um, and in it was this really pretty preordain. That is a very nice preordain. I was like, oh, that is gorgeous. It has like anime Aminatsu on it. There's like lily pads. There's like a sun reflecting in the ocean. Um, God, it's I like wish, so pretty. I wish it was full art it, because the colors are like perfect for my um, chromatic cube. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get that. I'd, I'd buy that. Because that, that is just, it's just so pretty. Yeah, a is. lot like some of the anime cards, it's kind of hard to notice that they're anime cards. But then a lot of them, though, are really, really pretty. Yeah, and I feel like that's one of the better things that they did. And I was like, they've got to be doing like a secret layer. It's like secret layer anime attack on Titan, Dragon Ball Z. Let's go. Um, I mean, so that's my first one. Like I was like saying, like the anime cards, but like if I had to pick one, it's like this one that opened that made me want to pick it. And that's this preordain. I try and say the name of the artist, but I don't want to get canceled. So. Uh, you were muted there, my friend. I said, I didn't, I said, wait, the artist is canceled. Is it one of the, no, uh, I just don't want to oh, butcher sure the name. Ah, I that just says, are you, are you go? I forget. Uh, I can't see it. Uh, uh resolution. Ah, uh, fail. Whatever. <laughs> but either way. So that's my first one. Nice. What, what do you got? Costa? Well, since you started with like, of recent i'll go ahead and do the same thing and this this i think this is going to count uh or be within the parameters because i know this card was printed it was manufactured in this year uh and also uh apparently people have already gotten some of their deliveries from the secret layer so with that being said disclaimer all the way the dj scarab god secret layer i'm really big fan of that art um and so i have the scarab god in my chromatic cube currently and when i saw this card i was like oh my god i'm really gonna spend 200 dollars to get this card i was like yeah okay i'll do it <laughs> so uh with the caveat that i actually uh i probably end up having henry sell the secret layers and he just keeps a profit and i just want you know my in on it so uh 
even if I don't, oh well, I have a ton of secret layers. So, uh, but yeah, I'm a super fan of this uh, Scarab God. I just really like the. I, I've really been into the abstract as of late. Now I can't say I like it for every like deck that I make and whatnot, but it fits so well with uh, what I wanted to do with my chromatic cube and. You know, on top of that, my chromatic cube also has a sub theme where everything in there is. I'm trying to make either borderless or an alternate art, but it, it, probably something of the sort where it's like borderless or extended art or something. Um, and so, this just fit perfectly. And the Scarab Rod is such a great card. I mean, that card is just a house um, anywhere. I, I think it's also underplayed um, because a lot of times people just think of Zombie Tribal, but that card just does a lot. So, uh, that is my my first one. Uh, on my list my first time seeing this is wild oh you haven't seen it yet nope oh yeah dude sweet yeah you have sunglasses on this mm-hmm. like scared butt head thing um yeah the, that's good the, ca- the caveat is you had to spend 200 dollars. <laughs> so what they did before this is kind of a side note here but for the finance stuff um so i don't know how many copies are actually going to get out there now they could put it in something else later on which i really hope they don't but uh, the average order for a secret layer is not $200. That's for vendors and speculators. And so, um, and maybe this does push people to buy more stuff because I think that's their goal, but they used to give you a discounted price by buying the bundles. And then they had, uh, the most recent iteration was you, uh, could pick X amount of bundles and they give you a percentage off. And now they've gone to this model, which might be the sustaining model of they have a very unique art card that you can't get anywhere else besides the secret layer. And you'll get this as a bonus. So I'm thinking this will be a little bit harder to get. I mean, it could be as low as 20 bucks, but I don't imagine. I mean, I, I think this card will easily set like at 50 bucks. That's my hope, but not just because of speculation, but because it's like, hey, I spent this money and I really like this card. So I want it to be valuable. So, anyways. Oh, you are also muted, sir. <laughs> All right. No, I was the one that was muted. All right. So uh, I'm actually going to bookend this and go back to the beginning of the year and go with the Kamigawa full art basics. Oh, that's a nice one. I know it's not like an individual card. No, no that's good. Man, when they reveal those people lost their minds. Yeah, that's a good one. Because like, up until that point, the full arts were more or less very similar. Not in this, like the art because obviously they're Zen compared to like the, the midnight hunt and crimson vow ones. Mm-hmm. Um, very different. Uh, I really, I really love the, the Innistrad ones, but man, they are kind of annoying to play with. Um, they just could have done a better job. And instead of making the negative side, white, they should have been the the color should have been the negative. So that way like black and then green, green or correct, black. And red. Correct, yeah. Um, that makes sense. But either way, but the Kamigawa ones are something like those are different because they had like the thing in the upper left mm-hmm. had the mana symbol and like the kanji looking stuff. Yeah. And then like this is like the really just like the prettiest art. Right. Um, done in like a very different style. I mean, that I was like, I recently bought into like some basic lands of preference. Mm-hmm. If I had to like, like straight just like buy whatever I wanted, because I still was being a little bit <laughs> price conscious, right? Uh, I probably would have gone those, but I ended up going with Guild Pack lands. I like those too. I mean, my favorite, um, my, one of my favorite mountains of all time is in there with the Dragon Mountain. It's, yeah, that, was, so. that one. I feel like that one is like the the top of the food chain, but they're all really good. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so th- that's my pick. It's probably the prettiest basic lands well, ever for me. I'll, I'll follow you back in time then. Uh, then I will. Then I'll go back to Kamigawa as well with uh, the Wandering Emperor. Uh, oh. That's my next one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, very. Uh, I was really high on this card uh, when it was spoiled, um, and I thought it was very undervalued. Um, you know, even amongst, I wouldn't say amongst the pros, I think that a lot of pros did find this card pretty powerful, but I just didn't think they realized how powerful it was. Um, I love instant speed planeswalkers. Um, obviously, this is the only one that we have that flashes in, but you know, there are ways I think to manipulate a, I actually can't remember, I think there's maybe only one way to manipulate it's like Teferi, right? That you can do on your opponent's turn, but I love that though. Like, yeah, it doesn't cast, but it can be activated. Anytime you can activate an instant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, w- I was really down with this card and it's just a great, it's like a four mana. It plays in a token strategies. It's a combat trick. It's a planeswalker. I mean, it's got everything. Mm-hmm. So when I saw this card, I really loved it. And then obviously the different arts you can get, you can get the showcase version, samurai showcase version, uh, the borderless, and then just even the regular copies, just fantastic design. The anime-ish one is so good. It is. It is. It is really good. In fact, that's the, I'm assuming, well, hold on, you say the anime. So both of them are kind of, are you talking about the borderless or the samurai version? Samurai. Has, oh, I need to look at it again. The samurai version has the, um, you know, a very specific border to it. Uh, whereas the borderless is like more purple and it's borderless, but I know for people who don't focus on it as much as I do, might not know the difference between the two, but uh, as he looks it up, yeah, the, the card was just a great design. I don't think it's overpowered. I think it's a, it's really solid. I think, I think this is about where you want to be like four mana planes, showcase. the showcase. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the showcase is really good. I wasn't sold in the borderless, but then I was like, it looks, it actually looks a lot better the more and more I kept looking at it. Uh, also, it's a little bit cheaper too. So, <laughs> what is this Planeswalker event promo? Oh, the yeah, the really really expensive. Well, I, I don't know. They're all pretty expensive. It's one listing on TCG and it's six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what that's from, but yes, yes. That's also good. Golly. So, uh, yep, the Wandering Emperor. Um, and my second pick there. Uh. So I guess that knocks off one for you. So that was my very next one. Yes. <laughs> go, ahead and, uh, uh, go ahead and give us another one. <laughs> it's such a, it's a, it's such a unique card for that style of card, like planeswalker instant speed. Mm-hmm. I, 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 to this day always forget, like I play against blue white control and Explorer. I'm like, yeah, go swing in. And it's like, all right, you already declared your attackers. Boom. Exile your blocker. Yeah. Make a two, two. Just keep pumping up. It's just like, it's such a sweet card. And it creates a new play pattern with the Planeswalker style. You can tell that's something they're really pushing now is just like, all right, how do we make Planeswalkers more and more unique? As opposed to like the first few years where it's just like, all right, they just have, they like either deal with a creature or give you card advantage or whatever. Right. Wandering Emperor is sick. Um, so, but as powerful as that is, it is not the most powerful card that they, new card that they printed in the year 2022 can you tell me what is the most powerful card they printed in 2022 i mean uh, dang you're gonna take you're gonna take my number one card possibly i don't want to say it because now it it might not be it i'll just go something else and say shieldred (laughs) 
Da, 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 oh, okay, good. Da, da, okay, da, da. we got a meme in there. We got a meme in there. Good. <laughs> what do you mean meme? Dude, the best card printed in the year 2022 is Maria's Outrider. If you meet specific condition, this five mana four four reach deals five damage to each opponent when it ETBs. Oh man, more core behemoth. We're playing that one game of EDH, and betrayed. this thing was doing work. Markra Behemoth feels betrayed right now, just so you know. She's your wifey's pretty pissed. You can't stay on top forever. <laughs> I could go with that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, good. Eventually, someone's going to unseat Miria's Outrider. There's going to be a most powerful card of 2023, but for 2022, it's I'm. I'm saying it's like, because I wanted to like pay some. I was like, I was like, I feel like. I couldn't do this list as the way you described it mm-hmm. and not put this card that, I mean, I mean, but I sincerely like, no, it's, playing, it's, it's in the spirit of this. No, trust me. Cause my yeah. next card, like I said, we're, I'm following you. So I got a card for you too, but yes, no, <laughs> but it's like the, just like forcing this in Dominara United draft over and over and over again. It was just like, so fun for me. Right. And then like, it's like, I think it was like one time in like, uh, when we played in paper and I just had three of them and it's like, all the recursion spells and like reanimate spells. I'm just like, I, I three owed that night. I'm just like, just like, yeah, America's Outriders. That's a pretty stupid card. Um, and then just like trying to make it work in EDH. But I feel like in that deck that I made actually does legit work. Um, but um, no, I mean, obviously I played two games with it. Um, I tr- I tried making it work in Explore. <laughs> Uh, Essence Flux yeah. is legal in the Explorer. Uh, uh, granted, I've not had success with that. It's like my various um, rough drafts of lists. I've gone to combine like 0 and 20 or something like that. Running to mono red. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> oh, blue white control. You just counter whatever I do. Okay, great. But um, yeah, either way, miserable. it's like. That's pretty miserable. It is easily one of my favorite cards, if not my favorite card of the year 2022. That's that's a pretty good one. Uh, so I figure I figured Maria's Outriders is going to be in your list, um, but I already had this card before. Uh, I even told you about this, but it just worked out well. So as I follow you through the memes, actually this is probably more spiky than as a meme, but. I'll give you a hint. My next card is from Streets of New Capenna. Can you tell me what card that is that is on this list? All right, I gotta look up Mythic Spoiler real fast. You'll you'll palm you'll palm or hand palm or face palm yourself when you when I tell you if you don't get it. But bro, I'm gonna fist pump Streets of New Capenna. Is it uh, uncommon or common? It is a uh, <laughs> actually. It is a common, right? I think it is a common. Yeah, it's a common. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm looking now. I want to. Which card were you? Because I remember just like not being into this. Uh, yeah, but you know this but... card though. You know this card though. All right, that's a possibility. I'll give you five seconds. Spars educators. Four. Spars no, educators. No, three, two. Uh, little chat. One. It that's is... uncommon. Rooftop nuisance. Inspiring overseer. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
that is the most powerful common of 2022 in my humble opinion however it can't attack in the mary's outrider it sure can but it can draw all the life you get is just gone that card inspiring overseer is amazing this card is was too amazing in fact and i'm sure it it actually hurt straight to new capenna but i love this card it's a it's everything that i want to do in limited um, it is like the quintessential thing actually that I want to do in a minute is make an, ag- an aggressive creature that uh, can also is evasive and draws me a card and just has an incidental life game just because like it's it's all the above man I, I love that card so much in fact it's, I'm trying so it's in my cube of course even though it's not even a chromatic card but it draws you a card which can draw you a land which is chromatic theme yeah 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 so um, yeah the card is amazing. I mean, we did that thing on air where we went through all the rares and mythics, yep. and, and so, still holds. And pretty much, said, we basically said we take it over any uncommon. Yeah. And then we went through all the rares and mythics, and it won over like over seventy five percent of those. Yep. No, the inspiring overseer is so dumb. Yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's man, it was part of why it was either Esper or Bant in that format. If you weren't in either one of those, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep, amazing, amazing card. Constructed playable and explore. It's yeah. some some lists. It's in uh, green, white angels. Yep. No, I, it's a great card. Like I don't think it's very competitive playable, but if it's in everything else, I mean, I think this is even a great EDH card. Honestly, like it's not maybe not great is a great word, but I think it's great for the type of uh, EDH games we want to play. So I, I, mm-hmm. I love that card. Yeah. All right, my next one is a commander product card. We're sticking around in the Kamigawa area. Mm-hmm. And it is a card that gave um, some people who wanted to win games with artifacts in EDH uh, without just doing some sort of degenerate infinite combo, a real opportunity. There were things they could do beforehand, but they could get easily chump blocked. But now we have the Cyber Drive Awakening. Is it the blue crater hoof? Not really, but it's it's just it's a fun card. It's like, oh, I need to attack you with my mana rocks. Um, it's a fun card. I feel like it also kind of promotes a strategy that's more along the lines of like where you want to steer the way we play, where it's like, I'm going to play this and attack you with my soul ring as opposed to tapping my soul ring to do, I don't know, winter orb. I don't know. Uh, what's a... Uh, infinite mana with basalt monolith or something like that um it's just a fun card it's like a it's a fin it's a actual legit finisher for like a more fair artifact deck as opposed to like 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 antiquities war there's that one with overload from i think mh1 there's like a sorcery that turn thing like it turns one thing into a creature or you can overload it turn all your things into creatures um Something like that, but now we have Cyber Drive Awakener that just turns all your things into four four flyers and oh, beat face. Um, I really want to make another deck with it. If I make another deck, I kind of want it to be Urza and be like, but it's like, is Urza even really fair on its own? <laughs> but um, that's a question for another day. But yeah, as for now, my next card on my list is Cyber Drive Awakener. You're muted. I'm not muting myself anymore. This is what I'm going to do. This whole time I've been. 
send something. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Cyberdrawer Awakener is really good. I like that card. Um, and it, and it's like, cause I was, I was trying to, uh, overrun the board in my mono blue deck. You're like, it only, it doesn't do your thought. It's like, oh crap, that's right. It's just the, the rocks, but you know, it's still a great card. And I like that card. Uh, for my next card, I guess I gotta follow you with the uh, commander. While it's not in the Kamigawa commander set, it is a very beloved card and also is a beloved archetype of mine, uh, creature type, I should say. It's dragons, and in particular, it's two headed Hellkite. Um, this is a really awesome addition to my Ur Dragon deck. Um, it's not powerful in the sense that uh or something that like terror the peaks is where it's basically a combo piece um or morphon which is uh dragon-esque right but uh you know it's a five color hellkite draws two cards again everything i want to do <laughs> with uh in, in commander and having abilities to to draw cards in, in the dragon deck is really awesome um you know it's it's really cool because it's like it's like the other side of the coin of the um uh oh darn i'm forgetting the dragon that uh was the bane of a lot of people four four from kelheim um make a trade gold spam yeah gold spam uh it's like the other side of that coin basically so really love me some two-headed hell kite i'm gonna be honest with you costa i have no idea what card you're talking about so it's uh I think it's one Wooberg uh, for a five-five flying dragon with haste, um, and when you attacks, you draw two cards. Wow! Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Let's draw cards. Yep. Let's deal five damage. Yep. And for yeah, five mana because it's get it gets reduced by one. <laughs> Is it? In Ever in a deck that's not just Ur Dragon, because it is five color. <laughs> right, right, right. That I mean it that is, is that is a downside. A but I mean the Ur Dragon is like my favorite dragon. I mean it's my favorite commander deck. Mm -hmm. So I just had to I had to lay off because Elias uh <laughs> it's so funny. Like I was playing the Ur Dragon and he's like, Oh dude, dragons, and then all of a sudden he just like kind of bodied me out of playing it because he plays like that's his only other deck that he can play and he loves dragons i don't know if he loves dragons more than me but he definitely loves dragons to the point where i'm like i'm just not gonna play it because i'm a i don't want two dragon decks in the field so <laughs> well all righty my next card and it was the final one i have written down i'm also just like also like scanning through while we talk about it mm. but it's uh card that I played with more in that game of EDH with my nephew and my brother. Mm. And that is the good old Titan of Industry. I think I had it in two different drafts. Mm -hmm. There's like one in paper where it was like, I think I was, I was playing friend of the podcast tree and he kind of had me on my back foot. And just, all right. Titan of Industry. Just throws his hands up. <laughs> Um, that card's really fun. Uh, I mean, not for your opponent. It's fun to play with. It's also it's like one of the payoffs in like this mono green devotion explorer thing going around in, or mono yeah. It's like yeah, like Nick Thos and your elves and stuff. Cast the um the super Coco. Wait, Nick Thos is in uh, is in Explorer now. Which one? Nick Thos. Shrine Nick Thos is in Explorer. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of devotion-y things going on. Well, I didn't realize they printed uh, Shrine of Nykthos, and I guess they did with the... I don't remember them. I mean, they did... um... Wait, that's a Theros card. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just missed it, and they did some sort of, like, influx of Pioneer cards. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's, like... Mono Green Devotion is like one of the more popular decks where you because you just like ramp out the storm the festival really fast. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the one from Innistrad, right? Uh, Minute, uh, yeah. And you just do that, and you get. They also like play stuff like Titan of Industry, and just like oh, here deal with this seven seven reach trample that has two ETBs, yeah, shield counter and a four four destroy up something, yep, gain a bunch of life. Yeah, Titan of um, Industry is pretty awesome i i mean i like it so much that even though it's a triple green pip card it's also in my um chromatic cube that's one of my pet cards which funny enough did not make it on my list i think i might have just slightly overlooked it but that card is awesome yeah i love i love the design of that card it's in my kyodai blink edh thing mm-hmm. i remember when i cast it my brother josh like you get to pick two of those um He's like, yeah, you're cheating. <laughs> He's like, what's a shield counter? <laughs> it's like, you see when I'm doing this thing over here and it says indestructible it's like that, but just for once. Um, but uh, he's like, but you've been like casting cards that make it like go up and come down again. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> now you see. <laughs> um, Did you yeah, Titan Mystery. Sweet card. Love that card. Give us more cards like that, Watsy. Big giant dorks that do stuff. I mean, I'm liking mid range right now in standard. So I think I'm, you know, we talked about this as a side topic. You know, the power level, they went really hard and with like Eldraine and then subsequent sets. And I think we're definitely on the on the downtick but hopefully we're at like this is like the middle now like this is the happy medium and so like mid-range and those kind of cards can can thrive in standard that's what i'm looking forward to anyway so um well let's see since uh so i burned off one of your cards i'm gonna do a double here um so i'm gonna go with uh uh borderless ren and six and borderless sensei's divining top from uh dmx2 uh both cards so again (laughs) ren and six uh I, to be fair i didn't think it was going to be a hundred dollar card when i picked it up but i remember in mh1 uh i was like oh it's a two mana planeswalker i really like that also like anything that has to do with lands it's in red and green i was like i really want this card and so like i traded for it at like 20 bucks or 25 whatever it was on release and i was like oh you know maybe i can wait and it'll go down and instead it went like straight up from like to 50 then to 100 i was like oh great so i love a card that is also really expensive and so it's been a while since they went to that well and when they did they brought it back in a borderless version absolutely love it uh, had to pick one up for my Almanath four color deck. And uh, so that's one of them. The other one is, of course, since it's the running top of beloved or maybe uh, infinite infamous card, depending on what side of the coin you are with it. But for commander, uh, the Aronite is so good. They did such a great homage to like Kamigawa. And actually what they did was it's the new Kamigawa where it's, you know, futuristic. And so the top is futuristic. Love the art on that one. Neon. Yeah. The neon, exactly. The neon style. Great, great, great borderless art card. Love it. So obviously it's a re it's a uh, reprint, but they were printed in, you know, year 2022. So I'm, I'm super happy. New art. New art. Yep. 
So those are my next two cards. Well, sticking around in that vein, I'm I was a big fan of the Eldrazi Titans that they did. The new full art those. Uh Ulamog, Kozilek, and Emrakul. Giant jellyfish and the two friends. Like what do they call Ulamog? Because they call Emrakul is the giant jellyfish. So Ula, so Ula uh oh my god, I forgot now. Cozy and uh Emmy? No, it's uh, uh I forgot now. But yes, yeah, something like that. Jellyfish. Just call them jellyfish. <laughs> and I feel like when they really do these, they, they rarely miss now. Which is like we like see like one of these like new version full art versions of an older card and we're like, why'd they do that? Like even like lightning bolt was really cool. Yes. Uh Anger the Gods with like Thor hitting his hammer on the ground. I mean they called they called him uh was it Toroth? That's like explicitly Thor in there. Right. Um Concordant Crossroads. All freaking that's right. The one that I opened, Alinda the Dusk Rose. Like all like like laying on like the like was it like a bed of flowers or something? Mm-hmm. It's like really colorful. That was a really pretty one too. Yep. Yeah, they did they did a great job with those uh borderless cards and I know a lot of people are like, oh man, there's such saturation. Give it some time. All those cards are going to be expensive again. So um, definitely something to look out for as you're. Oh my gosh. The unearth. Put that one on my list too. Oh yes. All art unearth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Very, very solid art there. Well, um, let's see Then I will push back. So this (laughs) is funny. So I did two cards to catch up with Micah, but I can't, you can't choose one. In my opinion, you can't choose one without the other. Uh, so for this one, I chose uh, Mishra claimed by Gix, Phyrexian Dragon Engine because they meld together. So I, I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's a fair thing. Uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I wasn't as high on these cards, but I've had the luxury of being able to draft them a few times uh, on Arena. I got to do it once in paper. Uh, in, in paper, it, I forced it, so the deck was not as good. But love the style of effect. I love like attacking and draining my opponents. I love having a uh, like discard hand to refill your hand, and then when you meld them, it's just like a big, big beater with a hundred abilities. <laughs> so I think it's a really cool design. I think this is a very playable. And, and that's another thing too. The fact that this is a playable meld card, you know, the first time we visited meld, uh, admittedly, I did not get to play, uh, in the, what was it? Uh, not shadows over Innistrad, but in, um, Eldridge. Moon. Eldridge Moon. Yeah. Uh, I didn't play during that time uh, because at the time, for some reason, Innistrad turned me off. But uh, I know that those cards, the meld cards, were not playable um, as uh, Mr. Micah throws me up his commander. Um, So the fact that these are playable and competitively decent uh, is really awesome. So I really love this design. One of my favorite cards, for sure, from 2022. Well, I figure I'll, I'll just add Titania, Voice of Gaia, and Argoth, Sanctum of Nature. That's the most recent deck that I've made. Yep. Um, uh, they meld into giant Titania as I'm throwing it up to Kosa. I really like, I have no idea where I got it, but I don't know if you gave it to me, but this is it's like one like transparent sleeve. It's like a dragon shield, but it's like 
It's got Matt, Matt in the back or no? Yeah, yeah, Matt in the back. Yeah, I'm sure I gave it to you. This is the perfect sleeve for this commander. Yeah, it is. Um, although I'd still have to like flip over this one, but whatever. Um, yeah, they, I feel like they uh, did a good job. I like, I didn't play back when the first go around of meld was a thing, but when you don't see any of those cards, like played like ever, right? It's like, oh, maybe, maybe they weren't that good. Right. Uh, but now everyone's like, really hyped for these. So, good job, Watsy. Yeah, super solid. Was that your uh, Was that your we'll see- next card or? Yeah, we'll say that's my next one. It's probably my last one for now. Well, I have uh, we have three more left, so then I'll push back to uh, Commander. Now we're getting into like the my absolute favorite because we've been I, for me. I've started from ten and working my way up to number one. So uh, I guess at number seven, Braids the Arisen Nightmare. Absolutely love this card. Uh, instantly made it my Commander um, when you know I got to play with it on draft. I loved pairing it with like Logamos and. Um, my at the time number one uncommon from the set which i'm drawing a blank now uh garna garna yep yep so obviously braids commander can't have those cards in there but it's okay because braids uh has a really great play pattern it's kind of funny that my play group thinks that it's very power like it's threatening it's really not <laughs> in my opinion because it just draws cards uh, so it's not that big of a deal in my opinion but regardless i love braids i love the whole uh choosing when you're like sacrificing you know permanent and making your opponents choose whether or not they want me to draw a card and they lose two life um plus the arts on the showcase is really really solid like just a great great uh showcase card um and then on top of that they gave us a, a top eight game day promo that so now i have like two two faces for my my braids commander but yeah really love the game aside this is an excellent uh mechanic that i i would like them to visit going forward it's obviously not a uh like evergreen mechanic but just the design of of it not being so backbreaking of a decision like turgrid for instance well turgrid doesn't really even give you a choice right like you make them discard or sacrifice and then you get the card back and it's just like devastating this is like okay we have a choice on this and we can also choose you know sometimes you get in the late game of commander you're like yeah i'll sacrifice the land because i have plenty of lands to sacrifice right um, although you can build your braids deck to where your opponents really don't have the resources to c- keep up that way, but you know, you, you, the braids engine is not, uh, is not bat breaking, which is very nice. Um, so it's up to you what you put in the 99. So I love this card. It's great. I played it a few times in draft. So just, I can't realize like I curve out of five. I'll start sacking lands. And like if your opponent ever misses land drops, they just feel so bad. And there's like drawing cards and yeah, Breeds is a sick one. Nice. You got another one for me? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to finish up my list then since I had to uh... Yeah, take it, take 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 the main topic home. Alrighty. So then coming in at number two. So I've talked about this quite frequently about how I love the treasure mechanic and how I think it's something that uh obviously if they keep visiting going back to this wall too much treasure will be broken so i think that's why we're not seeing it much anymore but i super love what they've done with you know new capenna as far as implementing it there to the treasure mechanic from afr and boulders gate even though boulders gate was not a great set um and so at number two it's professional face breaker so this is you know the 
uh, hireling, tiefling, whatever it is, uh, from AFR. Tiefling, I think. Yeah, tiefling, uh, the four mana one. But uh, I feel like it's a little bit better because it's a three uh, drop slot. It's also in red, which I feel like is more incentivized to do combat based uh, strategies. And you get to sacrifice the treasures and draw cards. So with all of that, uh, I just think that professional bike professional facebreaker is awesome I, I just love the whole making treasures and it, you know it does a good job of trying to make treasures because i believe it has uh menace of course i can't remember yep this time. yep so uh Two, three minutes. so you can usually get in there with an opponent make you a treasure and go to town so really really solid card um and a number i remember of- when it was oh, spoiled and I was like, I immediately sent it to you. I was like, Hey, remember that prosper deck you just made? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, and you just like, reply like, Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was, uh, and I love prosper. So I granted it's been put away for a little while. Um, just because I've been making so many commander decks that I had to kind of put something away and try something different, but I do love that deck as well. Um, at number one, didn't know at the time, but found out pretty quickly uh, how much I was going to love this card. I love it so much that every time I see it in cubes, uh, especially like the arena cubes, uh, I, it's like, I don't care what color I'm in. I'm usually trying to pick this card up. Uh, it is from Kamigawa. It is uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Just love this card. Amazing, amazing card. Maybe too powerful. Um, it is played in most formats, uh, standard, pioneer, explorer, modern, even. Uh, I don't think it's done anything in legacy or vintage, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Canadian Highlander plays it apparently. Oh, yeah. Commander plays it. This card is awesome. I, I people really underestimated this card. Even I did. I mean, I knew going in that it was a, a card that I was going to like. I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I did. Um, I remember seeing this at like a dollar or whatever the pre-release price was or release price, whatever it was. It's like, I need to pick these up. And I luckily did. I picked up a few and then for some reason just forgot about it because of everything else going on in Kamigawa because it's such a tremendous set. And then uh, it shot up to 10 bucks. And I was like, oh, dude, I forgot to get these. And I looked through my stuff. I was like, oh, I did grab some of these. So I did love this card. But yeah, this card is awesome, man. It, it just does so much. It it gives you a token, a goblin that can make a treasure. You can discard a couple of cards and get new cards. And then it makes you a, a, a small kiki that is still super relevant. Like this card is amazing. So it's my number one of the year for sure. I mean, if there was a three mana two, two that whenever it attacked, make a treasure, there'd be certain decks that would like play that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then people play faithless looting. Hmm. Yep. And then also Kiki Jiki, where it's like you have to pay an additional mana. If anything that has like an ETB, that's just still great. Yep. And all of that just wrapped up on the one card. Yep. I think people just absurd. I think people underestimate it because again, looking at the cards, which we did the same thing, we were looking at the backside of what it turned into, and then we realized after playing draft, it's really about the front side and the back side was mm-hmm. just a if you could get there awesome because most of the time like people don't get to use kiki but when they mm-hmm. do it's it i mean it pretty much under- the game. Game. yeah 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 they're winning the game so uh i mean let me make a, a new uh titan <laughs> you know <laughs> just a, a, to- a copy of it whatever so yeah pretty pretty awesome card like one of the most common things i see copy because like i play explorer is like freaking graveyard trespasser hmm 
It's like, okay, that's super annoying because now they, they get the ETB, they exile another thing, drain me, then they get attack with it because I'm just like, okay, great. Yep, yep. Thanks a lot, Kiki Cheeky. So yeah, that wraps it up for our favorite cards, beloved cards of uh, 2022, looking back into it. Um, do you want to go over some some products or slash uh, sets that you, were your favorite? Well, I was going to say in terms of product, mm-hmm. it's also basically a set. Mm-hmm. On the whole, it's like it was a solid year. Nothing really stood out to me once they started the year off so well. That's why I was going to say the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty draft boosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just Kamigawa uh, in general was just a home run in all aspects from draft to set to collector boosters because those all had nice gems in them. I mean, we, I, I, if you don't remember, I mean, they had those, you know, one in a billion, you know, red neon. Oh, yeah, that's a good, the yeah. neon. I mean, they gave us a booster with like so much value. Um, and then they gave such a great play design and draft and set boosters had the same thing where, um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but if you got the foil showcase version of the wandering emperor, it was a superior version in Japan, which was also worth a lot of money, which was worth more than just the regular collector booster. So that was something else. And then just design of these cards, like nothing was broken. They're just a lot of great, great designs. And it's only flaw. In fact, is the kind of the complication of the cards um, because they're so wordy, but tremendously mm-hmm. home run hit to start the year for sure. Sagas that flip over under the backside. Yep. Yep. Modified. Yep. Got its thing there. Yep. And then we even had, you know, the cool mechanic, which I'm, I really hope they revisit, but the, uh, the new equip mechanic, I'm drawing a blank right now, but, uh, oh, reconfigure. Yeah. The reconfigure mechanic, I think is very solid being able to, uh, and I do it a lot, but by, by the way, in fact, I'm just kind of surprised I didn't add this card in there as well, but rabbit battery is super shout out mm-hmm. that card in cube in, in standard and commander. Oh, that card is amazing. Like, giving anything haste and hiding the bunny under something with a, you know, remove the card or whatever. Like it just sits there and does damage. Super awesome card. So, and super awesome set. Yeah. I agree. And it was the only set that I've ever gotten mythic in, in limited. Mm. You definitely loved yourself. You definitely grinded it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I was so close to you. I was so, I'm still mad. I was right there. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well. Um, yeah, I guess for me, um, kind of going back, Secret Layer in the whole, they did a solid job this year. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick off the two. Um, obviously, the Advent Calendar, tremendously very smart execution as far as the development of the cards and what they give you and the value that you got out of them. Um, of course, the biggest drawback being that they did not cut off the supply. So you got to put, you know, vendors and speculators got to put 30 of them in a cart, which really hurt this since this was a limited print run, uh, which was disappointing. But other than that, the very, very awesome secret layer. Um, and then a personal favorite of mine, there's uh, two from two different drops. So in the, uh, which one is this one? The October super drop, uh, the uh, Yoji Shin- Shinkawa. So this is the artist for Metal Gear Solid. Although I did not play this game really love uh the cards that were put in there and the art in there uh, mainly the tesseract and the uh, skull clamp although the solid silicrum and the metamorphic whatever Frexian metamorph uh are really good but i was really happy to get those cards um just a very very beautiful 
design artistry, if you will, with that. And then in the June super drop, we got the Kellogg sloops, uh, borderless, um, really was a huge fan of these, uh, the mystical Mora, the, uh, utopia sprawls burgeoning and retreat to core home, just really, really visually stunning cards. Um, so yeah, I was really happy with the secret layer as a whole, what they did this year. And of course can't forget things like, um, the, um, secret layer uh street fire secret layer awesome awesome i'm really digging the uh multiverse uh what do they call it the universes beyond expansion stuff so uh yeah secret layer was was really awesome this year yeah secret layer really isn't my thing i'm very much part of the whole super instant gratification crowd Mm -hmm. when it comes to my purchases right like I honestly think if I ever bought one, I'd forget about it <laughs> yeah. because of how long it takes them to like ship and go out. I wonder but if every, every time we saw, I was like, these look so cool. Yeah. Every time, like we talked about them on pod, but yes, yeah, so I feel like it's a really good shout out. I think, I think the new model, cause like I said, they've already sent me uh shipping on, uh, supposedly they've already shipped out my, uh, transformers stuff. Um, and I, and I saw a picture of someone posting that they already got theirs too. So I wonder if they're going to try to do that because I'm sure secret layer makes them a ton of money. And I'm, I think they want to make sure that people aren't deterred from, you know, having to wait forever to get their cards. And I love getting cards in the mail. So seeing them in their nice little new packages and stuff now and ripping them open and then being, you know, nice and flat has been a very very nice surprise so um yep any other uh products you were really happy with i'm trying to think what else to... the warhammer I... 40k i know you didn't get to pick those up but i can't... i picked up some cards mm-hmm. i didn't pick up the decks mm-hmm. um there's some cool cards in there that may have been a thing it could have like old one isaac probably a card that I could have mentioned in the cards um I wasn't a fan of New Copenna. Right. De- did you like Double Masters? Were you happy with that? Do we consider Explore a product? Yeah, I mean that can't. I mean that was something that they implemented this year, um, and it is a product. I mean, you have to. Yeah. All right, because like you know, it. probably as much as anyone, how disappointed it was when they ruined Historic for me. Right. Because that was like my one way to like experience like that style of magic, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, man, that really sucked. And with Explore, I feel like they kind of gave that back to me. Yeah. Yeah. I like having the bigger card pool, the non rotating thing. And it's like, all right, I'm going to take this card and add to an existing deck. I don't have to like remake an entire deck because these cards rotated out. Right. Um, and so that's why I feel like them doing explore. Even though, like, I think like, I actually saw that apparently it's played less than freaking alchemy on Arena. Hmm, interesting. What's. And I feel like the, the mindset is, is like, pioneer is it's not pioneer to pioneer players quite yet right right and then p- people who want to get into that basically would almost rather play standard right that, that makes and so, but, but for me as like it's still like it's what i wanted right and um and they just keep adding more cards to it and so i'm like all right that was that honestly my as much now nah, kamigawa was insane that card that set was so good yeah it really was but if, I, if, I, if i'm picking two I'm going with that because of like also all, all the sweet cards from my EDH decks, the incredible limited experience, Kamigawa yeah. home run. But then Explorer gave me something because I was getting kind of into standard. I remember like, but I remember because I hit mythic. Mm-hmm. 
I want to say towards the end of 2021. Uh, cause I was playing like, oh, I was playing brutal Cathars and stuff. Well, I mean, you could have done that this year too. Uh, I might have, <laughs> we, we probably talked about it, but, uh, if I did, it was earlier in the year, but I remember just thinking new set came out and I was like, man, I just figured out the meta and got here. I'm not built to do this again. <laughs> um, and so now I'm just like really in on this. Like, I, I just like being able to see the same stuff. Yeah. I've, I've kind of shifted my mindset when it comes to this constructed to like that. And that just might be the fact because it's what I have in front of me now. Right. Right. It might have always been a preference, but because of arena, I, like, I just played standard. Right. But now it's like, boom, thank you for explore. Can't wait for you to give me pioneer. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that it'll get you into paper a little bit, or at least like, you know, one of these tournaments, you know, you don't have to build a deck, but I'm like, Hey, I could put the pioneer deck together. Will you come do this with me or whatever? So if pioneer event, if we can figure out how to, I would, I would play infinite a Sarah at a juniors event. Cause I feel like no one would see it coming. Probably not. And then because I don't believe in sideboards, I would lose all my matches in <laughs> games two and three. But um, oh I don't even know how you would sideboard in that thing. I was like, play best of three and find out. It's true. Oh, I don't have to make one. Um, oh yeah. Maybe, maybe one day, like, we'll powwow, like, on a Saturday afternoon. You can help me experiment. Um, teach enough. me the ways of best of three and constructing. But um, until then, what is your uh, favorite products you got left? Uh, you know, actually beyond those two, I didn't have much, but since you brought up the alchemy and, and whatnot, it's actually kind of funny. I, this is towards the end of the year playing the, the arena holiday cube. I definitely hate alchemy as, as a whole, because I think the direction, uh, it's very, it's very greedy on what they're trying to do with alchemy. Um, they ruined a really good format in historic, and I think they really overcomplicated, um, some of these cards and whatnot to where it's just unplayable. And I was a fan of originally of like, Oh, like you can, uh, mess with the card and, and, and buff it down. But it just ended up being where like, if they are, if they, if they dumb the card down or, or nerfed it, um, it is basically, it's still just unplayable. Like it's like it got banned. So I think that's out the window. However, playing the arena cube, I was really happy that they left original cards that were where they were. Like, so for instance, I'll run epiphanies in, in the cube or was in the cube, but they didn't put the nerf version. So I remembered all the cards, which is awesome. And the cards that they added in there from alchemy were really good. Like I really enjoyed playing with some of these alchemy cards. And I think that is what I wanted was like a fun, a new draft experience or cards that like, I don't normally get to play with. And just for funsies, it reminded me of very much of like their little events that they have with like, um, you know, you get like the turbo cube where you get like two free mana every turn or whatever. And so it provides a different draft environment really liked alchemy for that. So I'm really hoping that what they'll do going forward, um, is that they'll take draft sets and just alchemy them in the sense where, instead of making the cards like changing what they do, just add cards from different sets to fill in the gaps or to create the buff that way. Like, I think that's what alchemy can be. And that's what I'm hoping they will do going forward. I don't think they'll do something like that, but uh, you know, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Was it the one where they just took out spider spawning? 
Yeah, I mean they can do they can do they can just remaster sets, but I'm saying like mini cubit to where like the main mm-hmm. set like so bro, right? Is like okay, you know what would go really good with bro is adding cards from like uh Kaladesh, right? Where it's like KCI. Well, maybe that's a little too much, but yes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but exactly like they can add like 10 or 15 cards or whatever that, that we know from Magic's history and add them in and take a few cards out that were hurting the format and just change it up like i would love to see that implementation because we love draft obviously we're i feel like as we're magic we're a magic first podcast but we well, we love limited so um mm-hmm. that's what i like to see going forward and that's what and i did enjoy that so that was a that was a very nice end of the year maybe we'll see a new direction because i think they're kind of pigeonholed like they can't can i mean they, they, they probably should can alchemy but they're not going to and so maybe take in a new direction i would like to see that happen so we'll see that would be cool you have anything else you want to mention um no i think as far as the year review overall it was a great year um for 2022 magic there was definitely a lot of products definitely a lot of things to learn and take away from um but i'm really happy the direction standard is going um we complain about the draft formats sometimes actually i don't know we had we really didn't do too much other than streets new capenna and boulders mm-hmm. gates um and and because of that um that definitely did have a big like thumbs down and maybe our lens was changed a little bit but honestly they did a really great job again with limited this year so i was really happy about that um and really happy with the products other than things like uh, which I could really care less about the 30th anniversary stuff. Like that wasn't something I was going to spend money on. I think they could have done a much better job with it. In fact, I listened to a podcast today where they were like, Hey, why don't they just stick one of those instead of making it like four boosters and you buy it, make it a premium, you know, have a premium collector booster where like you have the collector boosters and then you have those car, you have a pack of that in there at a higher price, or you just slot them in just like you did with the, um, uh, 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 Dominaria United, where they found the old Legends boxes and slot them in there. Like those would have been great things that they could have done, but then so they didn't. Uh, but other than that, uh, I'm pretty happy um, overall with the products and 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 stuff with with uh, Magic. Definitely, definitely need some oversight, and they're definitely really greedy. But I still think it was a solid year. It's like a I give it like a C plus year. So that sounds about right to me. All right. Good job, 2022. Looking forward to what you got for us in 2023. Yeah. But now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we welcome you to Coaster's Cats. Uh, so we're redubbing a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Coaster's Quick Picks. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. See you in our- See you later. Sayonara. We're now going to be changing it to Costa's cart. The new premium. Um, I was about to say subject, but that's not a thing. Uh, segment at the end of the MTG untapped podcast. Uh, and Costa, why don't you do us all the honor of explaining what's going to be different. What's going to be the same. What is Costa's cat? Yeah. So I was finding it pretty hard to, 
to have the time to give you all some spec opportunities and cards and whatnot, um, you know, for my quick picks. And, you know, a lot of people do that, right? Like if you listen to MTG Fast Finance or Brainstorm Brewery, um, you can listen to Goldfish and sometimes they'll give you all a little like, oh, maybe you should pick up this card. I said, you know what? As far as I know, no one does this. And this makes a lot more sense since I buy a lot of cards and it is kind of like my speculation, but it's also like my personal use of cards to buy and it just happens to tie in with it. So I figured, why don't we just combine the segment and do it this way? So this will be based on cards that I've bought in the past week um, and or month, whatever. Uh, just basically cards that I have bought and I will share with you those cards and the prices and whatnot. And um, I might not go through in every single card, but I'll definitely give you kind of an overlay of uh, or overview of why I picked up these cards and, and just kind of go from there. So um, I could go through the whole month, but that would eat up a ton of time. So I'll just kind of condense it. Uh, the first few cards that I picked up from the past month, uh, I went ahead uh, since I'm a Tron player, uh, I decided that I wanted to finish quote unquote pimping out my deck and so i traded out my old expedition maps with the borderless versions from double masters uh average price on those pretty expensive actually about 22 dollars per expedition map um but you know the low supply that was presented in doubles masters for the non-foil um if you don't remember you got the vip packs which always came with the foil extended art uh rare which this is an uncommon but whatever they considered a rare or mythic um and instead uh you know if, if you wanted to get the non-foil versions you had to buy a booster box which booster boxes were a lot less or a lot shorter in supply and these are actually more expensive than the foils as well um and since this is a competitive deck that i may at someday play in a competitive tournament um and i just like the non-foils because they don't curl so i picked these up at 22 bucks uh if it doesn't get a reprint like a secret layer reprint or whatnot uh, i could see these going you know maybe increasing another 10 bucks or whatnot um, but i just wanted the really nice sweet versions for my tron deck um then a more recent i picked up uh the which i'm really really pissed about this because i had to pick this up uh the uh black is magic soul ring so this was a secret layer product that i had originally bought into but um what ended up happening was they there was some issue with the production of this and so they refunded people their money and <laughs> instead gave them a collector booster um as a apology really mad because i wanted the soul ring i wanted to fairy i wanted the cultivate uh, i wanted the ponder the ponder was huge so i had to pick up these cards at a much more inflated price uh, plus it was a good cause um you know that i wanted to support um and wasn't able to do that either so i was really mad but i got my soul ring back this is for my cube by the way so it is a mystery booster chromatic cube that you know it has a hundred different labels but uh since soul ring was in there i needed the full art version picked this up at you know 19 or sorry 18.98 for the non-foil yeah maybe it gets to 30 maybe it doesn't but no no big deal if it doesn't um to round it out um there's several cards but in another order i picked up ilharg the raised boar uh in the secret layer version liliana death's majesty secret layer mana gorge hydra secret layer pathbreaker ibex secret layer and ravenous chupacabra secret layer all these cards with the exception of the Ilharg and the Mana Gorger. So, so really three cards, Liliana, Pathbreaker. Nope, not even that one, sorry. Liliana and Ravenous Chupacabra, excuse me, are for the cube, absolutely. Uh, picked that up at eight bucks and $4. 
Um, just again, fits the theme of my cube. Ilharg, Mana Gorger, Pathbreaker, Ibex are in my new, uh, pretty high up there as far as love to play um minx and boo timeless heroes uh edh deck one of the sweet versions of these and so um pick those up at uh, ill at seven mana gorger at five pathbreaker at 10 again maybe they go up in price maybe they don't but um yeah if you haven't looked if you're interested in the secret layer stuff i would start looking at them now as far as like like so if a secret layer came out i would look a month either at release date because sometimes you can find some of the stuff really cheap or a few months later where people kind of forget um but these cards have moved up and down and i know some of the stuff from secret layer has definitely shot up anything that was like a different uh like um uh man well, i'm trying to blank here i feel like the fortnite stuff has moved up if it's a different ip basically uh that stuff has definitely gotten more expensive because people collectors have actually picked that up so but that is my cart from the past month. Uh, again, like I said, I will go over some more stuff. Maybe Mike, it'll be uh, Costa and Micah's cart. I'm sure he'll want to give you a cart or two that he's bought in the past. I don't know if he's shaking his head now because he has one he wanted to shout out or if he's just acknowledging that, yes, sometimes he'll throw a cart out there. But Basic forest. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up an Urza Saga. I know. Urza Saga. Where'd you get that one at? I got $29. Yeah, I think that's solid. I mean, it's from a direct seller. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's, uh, you know, if it doesn't see a reprint uh, and or get banned, I mean, that card, I mean, at the very worst, it's going to hold that price. If it gets a ban, yeah, it'll definitely come down, but I think it'll go back up because I think just like uh, Field of Ruin, I think it's that one is might be an underplayed uh, EDH card like that. Urza Saga can do a lot in EDH. So, it's going for Titania. Well, that's a good place to put it. Land in the graveyard. So, but uh, Gaia's touch. <laughs> oh my God, guys, touch. Yeah, I said. Yeah, I hadn't even seen that card before. So it's a it's a pretty cool addition. But um, explore for forests. Yeah, yeah. That's why I have uh, Nissa's pilgrimage. I think is in there. Same thing. It just gets forests. If you spellcraft, you get three instead of two or something like that. So mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Um, but that'll be it for Costa's cart this week, the new addition to our segments. Um, as always, we, uh, encourage you to support your local LGS. Uh, we will be at our local LGS this week. Uh, I did forget that, uh, I did tell Micah that it was Dominary Remaster this week. It is not this week. It will be next week, but hopefully it'll still come out. And so will you, uh, as you support your local LGSs. Um, yep. Next week, uh, come join us. Call the shop first. Make sure we have plenty of spots. Uh, but anyways, if you're in Bastrop, check out Force World Gaming. They're always doing great stuff. I think they're planning their March uh, convention already. So if you're interested in going to the convention hall in Bastrop and checking out, you know, not just their shop but many other shops uh, in, in people's personal collections for sale, uh, look them up on Facebook. You can find out the registration and details for that on their Facebook page. Um, if you need some cards at competitive prices. Uh, and or you're in San Marcos, check out Alpha Strike Gaming. I was just there today, picked up some cards also for my deck as well um, from them at great prices. And so, yeah, uh, support your local LGS. Micah, take us home. Yes, that will do it 
for this edition of the MTG Untapped Podcast. I have been, wow, I just skipped a whole lot. I am out of it. What were your favorite cards from 2022? What were your favorite products from 2022? Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or at Facebook at MG, MTG Untapped Podcast. If you have any ideas for stuff you want us to talk about, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And if you would please subscribe to this podcast, rate and leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. We would very much appreciate it. But okay, now I can do it. I have been the Micah. He has been Costa. This has been MTG Untapped. We'll see you all next time. Hopefully next week. Later. Peace.